Oh, fuck yeah. What's up, boys? <laughs> What's going on? Welcome back to the Tea at High podcast. You're famous now, I saw. Dude, shit's changed, man. Like, all of a sudden, I don't know how to say this, but people know me. (laughs) (laughs) Not a big deal. Kind of a big deal. What's up, boys? (laughs) Look at this guy with his hockey hockey bottle. Oh, yeah, boys. (laughs) Yeah. It's, It's Tuesday, so I'm nursing the waters. After a nice long after, weekend. Long weekend. Yeah. Well, I definitely appreciate you guys coming back in um, or coming back on, I should say. I am excited to, to hear what you guys got going on right now. So um, <clears throat> for everybody that's listening to this episode, I am joined again by the three gentlemen that are super fan sprint. We've got gents, Matt and Jake. All hanging out. This is their second time on the podcast. I remember the last time you guys were on here, or should I say the first time you guys were on here, um, you had basically just came up with the idea of Super Fan Sprint. Um, there were things that were being put into motion, but it sounds like things have definitely progressed since the last time we talked. So I'm going to give you guys more of a platform to just kind of talk about what you guys got going on right now. Um, if you guys want to do like a quick intro real fast for anybody that hadn't listened to our previous episode, just introduce each other like one at a time and then, man, we'll just get into it. I think we're about a month old when last time we were on. Yeah. I was actually thinking about this today. Like how, where were we at last time we were on here? I can give you the exact date. I should have pulled this up. Not very, not very far. And it's probably in like what, April maybe. Yeah. Yeah, March. wasn't it like right after Jordan Spieth won the uh, the Heritage? So right after the Masters. Maybe let's see. I thought we were talking about Jordan Spieth. I don't know. Um, Anyways, while you look it up, I guess I'll give the quick overview. Um, so essentially, we our group is called Super Fan Sprint. There's three of us. Uh, our plan is to. Um, buy and renovate an old mini school bus and live out of it for a year and follow the PGA tour around for an entire season. So the season we've selected is the 2024 season. Um, since we were on the podcast last, they've changed how the schedule is going to be working out. So originally we were looking at hitting the road in September of 23. Now it looks like January of 24 will be when we'll be, uh, when we'll be looking to hit the road. And, uh, yeah, since since we've been on last, I think like one of the biggest changes we've really made was that we decided that we wanted to bring a little bit more meaning into this trip uh, and do, and be a bit more impactful instead of just doing a trip for us. So we've sort of shifted into trying to figure out how we can use this platform and this trip to help people um, and show people why golf is so good for your mental health. Uh, I think we've all been positively impacted by our mental health or we buy golf uh, mentally, especially through the pandemic. And so we want to show people why golf can be really helpful for that. And so that's sort of where we're at in terms of uh, why we want to do the trip and, and we want to inspire people to take a risk, which is kind of what we're doing. We're quitting our jobs for a year and we're just going to bum around the continental USA and Canada. And uh, we kind of figured after the pandemic, now's as good a time as any to, to take a risk. So hopefully we inspire some other people to do the same thing. 
You know, before you guys keep going, I want to kind of stop right there too. Um, you guys had touched on the mental health aspect of it the first time that you guys were on here and, and it was April 19th is when your first episode aired. So we, we probably recorded it like middle of April. Um, I don't know what that puts you guys. Was that like a month or two in for you when you yeah. were starting this? Yeah, yeah probably that, a month. Yeah. yeah. I was like, we basically like came up with it at waste. Right. And that was like yeah. a month before that. So, uh, and you were our first podcast we've ever been on. So we've been on a few since. So uh, we're circling back to the, to our roots, so to speak, to, to send it back in time. I love it. Well, so, so getting back to the mental health, I've talked to a couple people here recently about mental health and I'm curious, we didn't really get into this too much on the first time that you guys were in here, but maybe let's do this. Like, I still want you guys to have an opportunity to, you know, tell everybody who you are for a minute. Um, but maybe when you guys are introducing yourselves, give us like a rundown of how the pandemic had an impact on your mental health and why golf was such a major impact on you going down the road of, you know, positive mental health and kind of pulling you out of maybe a slump. Yeah, I'll start. <clears throat> so like basically uh, like everybody else, I lost all my social circle and, you know, we couldn't go out as, together as friends and hang out and leave the house. So that really impacted my mental health. And then, you know, I lost my job. Uh, I was supposed to go on vacation to visit one of my friends in Italy. Uh, I haven't seen him in like six years now. So I lost that opportunity. Um, and then basically like my background is a sports industry too, right? So like sports essentially stopped for two years and I couldn't work for two years. And uh, so that really took a hit on my mental health because like I couldn't, I didn't really have a purpose really just, you know, I, it was the same shit every day, just waking up and like not even knowing what the rest of the day would be or the rest of the week would be like. Right. And then uh, golf was one of the first things that opened back up and uh, really brought joy back to my life. And I was able to see my friends more. Um, I was able to get outside and, and it, instead of being inside all the time and just, you know, it, it just reminded me of what life used to be like before the pandemic. And it really helped me a lot. And it, it really got me into the sport more than I was before on the pandemic too. Um, you know, I've really been into hockey basically my whole life and that's all I've really cared about. But um, I, I've really paid a lot more attention to golf now and I'm looking at going out as much as I, I can. And I, I don't think I'd be doing this trip, honestly, if it wasn't for the pandemic, just because it, it's really brought a new uh, opportunity for me to find something that brings meaning to my life and other people's lives. And I hope the three of us can do that and help other people the way it's helped me and the way it's helped the three of us in general. Yeah, that's, um, that's massive, dude. That's huge. When you said you lost your job, was that just because of like a result of the company downsizing or no. because of like a company shutting down or? So legit, I worked for the Toronto Blue Jays before and they didn't play in Toronto for like a year and a half because of the, they couldn't cross the border and all that. So they were playing like between Florida, their uh, spring training facility there and in Buffalo. So like I literally could not work at all. There was nothing. Yeah. That's a bummer, man. Yeah. It's, it's crazy how you mentioned like, the isolation part of it, right? Like, I don't think a lot of us realized until the pandemic happened, you know, I guarantee you there were a ton of people all across the world before the pandemic that were like, God, man, I wish I could just like get away from people for a week or a month. Right. Like I'm sick and tired of coming into the office and dealing mm -hmm. with all these people around me and constantly asking me to do things. Right. But then the pandemic shuts the world down. <clears throat> and now all of a sudden we're forced against our will to sit in our house isolated by ourselves and we quickly realize like, Oh shit, this is worse. 
Definitely. Totally. Yeah, totally. I agree. For me, like, I oh, sorry, Matt. Um, for I me, just, like, go living ahead, alone, go ahead, I, I was living alone. So golf was basically the only thing you could do to see your friends. Yeah. And especially in Canada, everything was locked down, right? So it was like, I was just hanging out by myself. And then second I got asked to golf, it was a yes, no matter what, pretty much. Yeah. How long had you been playing golf at that point, though? Like, I mean, I know the first time that we talked about this, you guys all grew up playing hockey in Canada. Um, but I don't remember how were you kind of always playing golf on and off? Um, I started when pandemic? I was around 20. So I'm coming up on eight years now, nine years of golf. Okay. So. But were you just like one of those guys that's like maybe once or twice a year you go out with your buddies and play golf anytime you're asked? No. Or did you play like at a regular, a regular amount for about eight years? Uh, like pretty much since. Let's say 2016, I've kind of been hooked on golf. But before that, it was like basically no golf, maybe twice a year for three years. But other than that, it was no golf before that because it was hockey was everything, right? Played as much as you could. Yeah. Do you remember who the first person was that, Jens, do you remember who the first person was that asked you like, hey, man, you want to go play around a golf in the middle of the pandemic? So it was my call. Well, it wasn't in the pandemic. It was my college roommate. Um, he just bought a new wedge. So we went in the backyard and he taught me how to chip. We, nice. would, chip, we would chip the ball back and forth. Nice. So that's how I kind of started golfing. I like it. Do you remember like after like when the pandemic happened, though, and everybody got shut down and you mentioned as soon as somebody asked you to go play golf, you're like, yes, like I'm out. Yeah. Cause I got to get out of the house. Do you remember that first round of golf back and how that felt and what that kind of yeah, impact that had on you? It's great. Like, like I said, I was locked basically in my room, right. Living in my apartment by myself. And each second you can get outside, enjoy the weather, you know, talk to the guys. It's like you release so much, like just a big sigh of relief basically. Right. Yeah. Like finally, like a little sense of norm normalcy. Yeah, for real. What about you, Matt? I'm gonna I'm gonna mess around. I'm gonna like move a lamp behind me real quick, but you can keep talking. Yeah, I uh, I would say I echo all the things the guys said, um, but on a more holistic uh, perspective, golf for me has always just been a really good way to sort of walk out the world. Or if you, if I ever had anything going on, I could always go play golf and and not think about it it was really nice to just be out in nature and I find golf to be very mentally stimulating in terms of you're trying to figure out what shots you want to hit and things like that. So I always didn't have time to think about any stress or anxiety that I had going on in my life when I was out on the golf course. And that's just something that I've always had even prior to the pandemic. And then obviously like what the guy said about how it was the first sense of normalcy after the pandemic or, or throughout the pandemic, um, I agree with those things as well. And then I kind of grew up playing. Uh, I played probably like 10 rounds a year. My parents played, so that was my introduction to the game. So I started when I was really young. Like I got a set of clubs. I, was, I think I had five clubs, and I was probably, I don't know, eight or nine years old when I played for the first time. Um, and then when I uh, – around the same time that Jens got into it really heavily, I was getting into it really heavily as well. Um, but I definitely had played quite a bit more than gents at that time, but we were actually working together that summer and, um, we both sort of got hooked on it around the same time and played together a lot that year. And we always have since. 
That's awesome. I I'm, I basically owe my friendship with Matt to golf, basically. For sure, it was like what we bonded over when we uh, when we were working in the lumber yard. It was just yeah. like always talking about always talking about golf clubs and things like that. And um, certainly, we developed a very deep friendship over the game. So uh, it's such a great sport, right? We all we all know that, um, and so that's something that we want to show other people uh, that even if you get into the game late or um you're not into it right now it's such a it's such a great sport both for yourself and in terms of building relationships with other people dude that's so that's so ironic to me that you guys all grow up in canada i think we could all agree that hockey is the number one sport in canada right yeah not even even close and the number one thing that you guys bonded over was playing golf, not playing hockey. Even though you guys both grew up playing hockey, yeah, you bonded more over golf. I think that's awesome, man. Yeah, it's it'll do that, man. I'm sure you have your own stories of buddies you have that you pretty much are only connected with just because of golf, right? So yeah. um, it's a special sport in that way, for sure. Yeah, because honestly, man, like you could you could play hockey, you could play baseball, football, you know, you could play soccer or, you know, football, right? Us Americans call it European football. But um, I think golf is like the one – it's the one sport, it's the one game out of all of them that you're spending the most time with, right? Football game, you might spend three hours. Baseball game, you might spend three, three and a half hours. Soccer game, you're going to spend about two hours. You know, hockey game, you're spending – an what are you spending uh an hour two know? to three hours well when you're young yeah, yeah but yeah so golf is like dude you're playing if you play a, a four round four hour round of golf or a five hour round of golf or you know you go to some of these charity scramble events like i know you guys have gone to a couple of scram like charity events throughout the year now so far where mm-hmm. you're trying to spread your guys's message and you're trying to show people what you guys are all about i mean some of those days could be six to eight hours by the time you get there, you check in, everybody plays, everybody gets done, you got awards and food and all that other nonsense. Like you could be there for an entire day. So I think that's the thing that separates golf from everything else is that you, you're actually able to spend that much time with people. And you're actually like with the people, right? Like when you talk about these other sports, hockey or football or or baseball, everyone's in their own position and everybody has like a responsibility while, in order to to play that sport. Versus with golf, you're literally walking with these people. You're standing on the tee waiting for an opportunity to hit. There's just so much more personal interaction that comes in, even though you're playing an individual. It's weird because you're playing an individual sport, yet you get closer with people than when you play a team sport. Yeah. So I think it's kind of weird like that. But but you're right. Yeah, these charity events and scramble tournaments and things like that, you're, you're around these people all day. And I think you can just make such such better connections than – uh, in the dressing room or something before a game in, in one of these team sports. Yeah. yeah. And the team, the team sports too, like there's like 20 to 30 players on the team. Right. And you're just yep. out there. There's only four of you. So it's easier to bond with the, the other thing is that day. The other thing is like, you don't choose your teammates really like at a high level hockey. It's yeah. They're picking the best 20 players. Right. And you make friends with those guys with golf. You pick who you play with. Right. Unless, you know, you're you're a single and you get put in for a foursome, but yeah, but even still, like for the most part, yeah. And then to Matt's point, 
like if you're riding on a golf cart with another person, I mean, you're literally shoulder to shoulder. I mean, there's a lot of times you're, depending on how big you are, like you might actually be rubbing shoulders while you're yeah. like riding on a golf cart going for four or five hours. So, um, well, I'm curious, uh, Jake, tell us a little bit about some of the events that you guys have done so far this year and, and, uh, and how excited you guys are for what you guys have coming up. Yeah, I went to a charity golf tournament in, uh, it was in Oceanside, California. It's called the Goat for Joe. And I think it was the sixth annual they did this year. And uh, we basically had a table. Me and uh, I got my buddy Robbie to come with me. And the two of us had a table there. And we we're just uh, sharing our story, sharing how mental health helped us. And listening to how, it, it's, uh, how golf has helped other people too. Um, and that was really cool. And just to see how that tournament has grown too. And hearing from other people how it started as like, you know, just a couple friends going out and playing. And then they did a shotgun start this year. And there's a ton of vendors there. They had food, they had craft beer. And it was a whole like it was a whole day things. And that was pretty cool to be a part of. And it'd be cool if we can find a way to be doing that those things on the roads too, if we can. If we can make it fit in our schedule. And even if we can play in some, I think that would be really cool to to uh to change it up a bit and and just interact with the golf community too. And, and I, that's, that's another thing that we've really focused on since we last spoke is how this golf community is so tight and how it, it really brings people together. And it all circles back to mental health and how it can really help people in a way that uh, other sports, like we really don't see it as much. Yeah. We also, we are trying to do some fundraising and things like that because it is going to be an expensive year with us not working. So um any opportunities we have to to meet some people or just spread the message of what we're trying to do, we're we're totally on board with that. Um, I almost came down to uh, 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 you had a football player on. I was going to come. Right, you and I talked about this. I was going to yeah. come down potentially. Uh, also, didn't end up working because I was in another golf tournament that weekend, which I won, by the way. Yeah, that, um, <laughs> yeah. What do you guys call that one again? That. It's the Blue Mountain Invitational. It's just That's like a right. town, a couple hours north of Toronto. And we yeah. go up there every year and rent a cottage. Twelve Dude, you guys. Got, you got a big fat trophy and like a a, a jacket and everything. Yeah, we got a green jacket and all sorts. Yeah, yeah, it's a good weekend. So, congrats. Um, thank you. But yeah, totally. If you if there's ever any of these like tournaments or events or anything like that, we're we're totally open to at least seeing if we can make them. Um, so definitely keep us in the loop, or if anyone's listening and they have ideas for how we can get our name out there or uh, they want us to come some to an event or something like that. We would be more than happy to try and make it work. Yeah. Well, so Jake, I'm going to give you a chance to kind of tell us a little bit more about this in a second, but again, for everybody that's listening, I'm having a little bit different conversation with these guys because we've already done one of these episodes in the past earlier this year. And I've already been following these guys for the last six or seven months, which has been super awesome for me, man. Like just watching what you guys have done so far to this point, it's been super cool, but um, <clears throat> quick recap, 2024, these guys are going to be um, living out of a bus they're going to drive around the entire continental United States and Canada, and they're going to try to make it to every single PGA tour event that they can throughout the 2024 season, which is going to be fantastic. Um, I think to your guys' um, knowledge so far, Jake, you, no one has ever done that at least recorded no. so far. No, nothing. Have you guys gotten in touch with anybody from the Guinness book of world records to see if that's, that's something that you guys can get into the book? Not yet. Some, somebody's mentioned that maybe it was you last time we were on here we've heard it before we, yeah we definitely should yeah we all right so should. 
I'm going to put, um, I'm going to get in touch with somebody. So I don't, there's a guy that lives, I think he lives in Arizona. His name's Lauren Coburn. Um, he's got a TikTok account, but I think it was a year ago or two years ago. He tried to play like 365 rounds of golf in like 365 days or whatever. So he like traveled around the United States, but that dude literally got in touch with the Guinness book of world records to see if they could like track him throughout his entire progress. And he's actually going to be in the, the Guinness book of world records for what he did for the amount of rounds mm. of golf that he played in the amount of States that he played in the amount of days that he played. So he definitely should have somebody that can get, you know, that you guys can get in contact with um, to, to try to do that. But do they, from what I understand, man, they were like super finicky about it too. They were like, you have to have, and I don't know, I'm just, I'm just going off of what somebody else told me. Cause I haven't talked to him in particular about it, but Basically, like he had to have video documentation of every single course that he played at every single day. He had to have a signed scorecard by somebody that worked at the golf course to verify that he was there that day and like actually played and got yeah, the whole like receipts and in. stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so this whole trip was like six figure trip. Took him the entire however many days it took him, but it's it was awesome, man. Like he did this whole thing, and now he's going to be in the Guinness Book of World Records. So I think that's something that if you talk to them, like, who knows, man, maybe you guys approach Guinness and you're like, Hey, look, like, this is what we are going to do. We we're, you know, we got a Kickstarter going, we're trying to do all these things. We're trying to fundraise. We're trying to do all this stuff. If there's any way that you guys can help us make this happen, it would be fantastic. But maybe that's a way for you guys to, to tackle some of the challenging tournaments that you're going to have to get into like Augusta, you know, maybe this is a way that makes it easier Mm -hmm. for you guys to get into the masters. Yeah. Anything international or like Hawaii obviously and then like Augusta would be th- those are still logistical challenges that we haven't sorted out yet yeah so we're, we're trying to find ways where people can help us or you know just spread the word of us, of our idea around so we can make those stops happen because those are stops that obviously you know we're really interested in going and especially the international ones right we talk about golf being a community and not just in the United States so we want to interact with as many people as we can yeah Another thing we're trying to do, which I don't know if there's anyone listening that can help us, is like we're just trying to get in contact with someone from the tour. We we managed to get in contact with somebody when we first started, uh, believe it or not, like literally within the first month, we talked to somebody who just sent us one email who worked for the tour saying that they thought this was a great idea and something that they should get behind. And unfortunately, part of it has been our fault with being busy and and it's been difficult to follow up. And obviously they have their own work going on, but um, we're just trying to connect with the tour and see if they can help us with this and see if they would be willing to help us promote this idea. So uh, that's something else that we're trying to do. And that can also be helpful for us getting into these uh, more lucrative events or, or events that would cost more for us to get to. So yeah, um, we're working yeah, on it. Or even if they have ideas for us, like if they want us to do stuff at these events, like we're definitely open to finding creative ways to make this trip, you know, enjoyable and just connecting with people like the way they want to. So uh, that'd be great if we could. Yeah. Do you guys, have you guys seen Busta Jack golf on TikTok and Instagram and YouTube? I think it came up the other day on my page on TikTok. Two two guys that live in Texas, um, their TikTok and Instagram pages, Busta Jack, so B-U-S-T-A Jack Golf. Um, but they recently got invited to go walk inside the ropes at the St. Jude's Memphis tournament, like the first round of the, the FedEx Cup playoffs. <clears throat> um, 
So, I mean, those, those guys would be maybe a really good group of like two guys to reach out to on social media and just mm-hmm. say, Hey man, like, you know, how did you, how did you get that? This is just, you know, just tell them obviously like, this is what we're trying to accomplish, man. We're not trying to like scam you or do anything crazy, but like, can you help us get in touch with somebody that can like help make this happen? And I, I can tell you right now, just from listening to like barstool sports and looking into it myself for media access, the PJ tour is extremely difficult to get media access for, which is what you guys are going to kind of need in order to do some of the stuff that you're trying to do with like filming content and things at events in some cases. Um, so if you can get the PJ tour on, on board with you, man, I think that makes it so much easier for you guys to be able to get into events in particular. Yeah. It's a tough, it's a tough project to promote, right? Because we haven't actually done it yet. And we, I think like we can all agree that we think it's a good idea and that, people will be on board with this and will be interested in it and will enjoy the enjoy following us when it happens, but it's difficult to promote in advance. So we're trying to think of creative ways to do that. Um, so yeah, maybe we'll, we appreciate the, the suggestion. We'll try and reach out to them for sure. I think what we've learned over the past six months is that we are not scared to email people. We're not scared to message people. We will yeah. literally do anything, uh, as any, any of these like small leads we get, we always follow up with them. Um, so we'll definitely message those guys. I, I think we're all pretty excited with how much following we've gotten so far, even though the biggest thing, like I, I could speak for them too. Like once we get the bus and we renovate that and people see like, it's like actually happening. Like it's kind of, people might see this as more of an idea right now, but I think once we get that bus and even when we get started going, I think we'll just grow even crazier at that point. So it, like, as Matt said, like it's super hard to really promote right now because yeah. we don't really have much to, you know, show at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Where are you guys stand on that right now? So like you're trying to live out of a bus. I know you guys have been shopping for a bus. Have you guys purchased a bus yet or are you still trying to find one? No, we haven't purchased one yet. Um, I like down in California, obviously a lot of people are into that stuff. So, uh, my cousin texts me one day and he goes, Hey, like some guys on his driveway renovating his short bus right now. So I'm like, I like hopped in my car, drove that, drove down to where the address he texted me. And I spoke to that guy for like 20 minutes, just about tips and like what his plan was. And like some of our ideas just to see what, what uh, he would say about it. And like, I asked about costs too. And it's like, definitely like his is pretty nice. Like we obviously like, we want ours, like the, the biggest thing for us is that we needed to just work. Yeah. Like we need to get to like, we're going to be driving a lot. Like, like I'll sleep on a shitty air mattress for a year. Like, I don't really care. Like we just need it to work and his is pretty new and he only paid 7,500 bucks for it. So like, we're pretty open with like finding a, a bus that can suit our needs. And you know, like we're looking at shuttle buses too, even if those are cheaper, yeah. but yeah. One thing uh, we're considering is like, because we're not going for so long, we don't want it to just sit there. Right. Yeah. So we're trying to find a good balance where timing is right for it. You know, we don't really have a place to store it either. Right. Like we're, we don't really want to store it here in the winter time. Like we're, we're obviously in the fall now. And if we were to get it and and store it in, in Canada, it'll just kind of sit around in the winter time. And we're worried about it rusting or just when you have some of these like older vehicles in the cold, they just, it's not good for the vehicle. Yeah. And then where Jake lives in Riverside, it's just like, he just doesn't have enough space for him to just put it there for, for a while. So we, we've been shopping around and we're, I think we'd be open to getting something if the right opportunity presented itself right now. But we're also, as Jen said, trying to find that balance of 
of getting it at the right time and and um, getting it at a good price that works for us and and getting a reliable vehicle, as Jake said, right? We, yeah. we want this one to be, you know, relatively low mileage and and able to actually get us from A to B. Yeah, and I think like preferably like we want to renovate it in Canada too, if we could, like where all our friends are and where we're from. But you know, if something comes up like down, like there's a shit ton of stuff like that down here. So that's definitely a possibility too that we have to we'll have to buy it in in California or like somewhere around here and renovate it here instead. But like we definitely prefer to do it in in Canada and and start our trip like where we're actually from. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you could honestly, dude, like you know, because all you really do care about is just being able to, to drive it and get around from point A to point B, you know, you find a bus, all you got to do is pull 99% of all the seats out of it. So it's just open space, put some like framing boards down on the ground so you can put a box spring inside of it. So that it doesn't slide around inside the bus. It just stays stationary. You know what I mean? And then you yeah. can put like a mattress on top of that basically. And you just need like, a, like two, three mattresses in there a driver's seat. And then maybe you have like one or two chairs behind the driver's seat so that you guys can like sit up instead of always having to be laying down on a mattress. But then like, yeah, yeah. you put like a refrigerator in there and you're good to go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll probably try and put some kind of like, we definitely want, definitely want to have a fridge and then we'll try and have some kind of counter or something so that we don't have to, you know, eat like shit for an entire year. Yeah. Um, like some some sort of way for us to uh, to make some food and, as well for for both it's uh, to stay a little bit healthier and also on the longer drives or if we're kind of in the middle of nowhere uh, and there might not be as many food options so we, I think we've got some good ideas with the, with the bus and right now we're actually working on trying to find a way to create like a three D schematic of our plans yeah um so we'll that's like one thing we're kind of working on in the background, but what, what we really want to do and whatever, what our current plan is, is in Canada, we have a, a holiday in May, which is like right before Memorial day weekend, I think the week before. And we want to get a bunch of friends up to, to Jake's uncle's house. He's got a plot of land and we'll just park the bus there and all weekend just camp out and drink beers and, you know, do have some barbecue food and just get all of our friends and use them as, free labor for the weekend and sort of have like a little build kickoff party in next May. So that's, that's really what we want to do. Um, and so we'd be looking at getting the bus sometime in the spring to in the spring based on that timeline. Yeah. And like, uh, we we're Matt and I were chatting about this like a week and a half ago. Like our plan is still to get it in the spring and build it, you know, when the weekend Matt said, but we're looking at like, since the tour got pushed back and we're not doing it in September anymore, we're looking at like, driving it down probably down to california in september or october and maybe hitting some lpga events on the way if there's like qualifying events on the way also and just you know starting then if we could and just get our word out like before we start yeah so so like we're like constantly adjusting our schedule over time and just seeing what works best for us because like we also like especially going to january we don't know when the first tournament will be where it'll be or like what what's up with that like and we might not know for until like November, like and we we have to go in January. So like, yeah, the schedule is about to really change, right? Yeah. As we all know, so it's tough to plan for. But I think that's going to be one of the biggest challenges that you guys are going to have, right? Is like once the schedule comes out, it's going to be tough for you guys. Maybe it's not going to be tough. I just assume that it's going to be a challenge where you have to like 
come together as a decision with all three of you and say, okay, look, like what is our actual game plan going to be? Like which events are we going to hit? What order are we going to hit them? How are we going to get to them? And then get that all planned out. I think that's going to be like one of the biggest things that's going to be tough for you guys to all coordinate. Right. Yeah. 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 And we'll have to think of like different routes and stuff that for what we want to do, like we some we want to try and hit as many states as we can that's just kind of like a personal goal that we have so we'll have to figure out you know as we're traveling across the country for various tournaments how that'll work um so that's going to be a lot that's definitely going to be a lot of work my sort of plan or my hope is that with the new schedule they're going to do this like fall qualifying series for the guys that don't finish in the in the, i think it's the top 70 or 75 in the fedex cup for this coming season so I'm hoping like they're going to have to announce this qualifying series, which will probably start in September if the FedEx Cup ends in August, like it usually does. So hopefully we have like a solid four or five months. We just spent the summer building the, the bus and now we can sort of shift from focusing on the bus to focusing on the schedule for the next few months. Yeah. Well, and I think, I mean, you can obviously check like a couple boxes right off the bat, right? Like you guys can already build a schedule on some of the major events. They're just, they're not going sure. anywhere. Like they're the staple yeah. events on the PGA tour every year. So you guys can obviously get those like marked on a calendar and okay, look like, you know, the players championship is always the same week. It's always at Sawgrass. We know we're going to need to get there at some point. So like what kind of comes around that? The one that I'm the most interested in to see how you guys handle it is I know that you guys have mentioned, you know, the, there's a couple weeks on tour where there's dual events where you have two tournaments going at the same time, depending on where they're at. Um, and I'm really just curious more than anything else, who that fourth person is that you're going to bring into your group to go to that Punta Cana tournament. Cause like, I still, I would still <laughs> jump on that grenade for you He's guys. And I throwing, his still... name, throwing his name in the hat. <laughs> Might have to be a yeah. draft at this point. Yeah. Whoever wins the, uh, you you got to win one of our pools again. Uh, Honestly, or, it could be. Or I'll just like look here's here I'll throw it out there because we got a couple years I can save up for it right. So let's just say that like Jens and I were the two that were going to go to the Dominican. I'll just pay for his trip. Wow! Yeah. Wow! Look at this guy. Huge <laughs> yeah, benefactor. Jen, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's Jens. Uh, Jens. Well, it sounds like he's going to put you guys, guys later. <laughs> Matt and I will do Texas then. <laughs> yeah, I also wouldn't be opposed to um, using those weeks as big, like try and get bigger groups to go, right? Like try and get people that are interested in coming with us. Like you've mentioned you'd want to come with us. We have other friends that love this idea and would be down to join us for an event or two. So it's like, hey, we're going to send a couple people to Punta Cana. If you want to go down to Punta Cana, like hop on the bandwagon and get like yeah. a little meetup thing going, right? You guys, honestly, you could do it as like social media giveaways, right? Like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna allow we're gonna pick one random person that's following us to come be like the surrogate to help fill our gap, right? Um, and then the other thing you could do too is you could leverage that social media network and you could tell people what your schedule is. Hey, today's Monday, February third. You know, in the next three days, we're going to be going from California into Arizona, into New Mexico. So, like, if you're in any of these states, hit us up. Like, maybe you can have, like, yeah. maybe we can do a meetup somewhere. You know what I mean? Yeah, we yeah those, are things do that. We, those are things we had, had already planned to do in, like, various ways, right? So, one of the, a couple of common examples we had were, were hey, we're driving through this place over the next day or so. Where, where should we eat? 
like everyone has in their hometown. If someone go, comes and visits them in their hometown, it's like, you got to eat here. Right. Yeah. So if it's like, we're driving through ra- these random towns throughout the States, we want to be able to like post on Twitter or put up an Instagram story uh, where people can reply to it and say like, Oh, if you're going into this place, you got to eat at this, you know, this Southern barbecue joint, or you got to go to this pizza place. Right. And so that's sort of a collaboration that we're hoping to get with people or what golf courses should we play? We're going to play, try and play around to golf, things like that. Yeah. Um, it's definitely part of the plan. We want this to be as collaborative as a process as possible, right? We want people to feel like they're involved and feel like they can impact our trip because they can be involved and they can impact the trip. So that's kind of what our goal is. It'd be sick if we can get like someone to like control our lives for a day. You know what I mean? Like we got like a free day here. Like, where should we eat for breakfast, lunch, dinner? What should we do during the day if we have like, because some of these drives are only like two hours, right? So we will we all have like a lot of free time for those ones. Yeah. But, like, that'd be pretty funny if we got someone to just control where we went that day. Yeah. Um, come up with like a catchy name for those days, right? Yeah. Like yeah. <clears throat> follower choice or whatever, however you want to call it. Like um, yeah. Wednesday. Wednesday pro-ams you know what I mean like you could call them like some sort of golf related fun gay and it's like okay look like and then you can let different people right so like one person can tell you what to do from like eight o'clock to ten o'clock in the morning and then somebody else could tell you what to do from like 10 to 12 and then somebody else could tell you what to do yeah that'd be pretty that'd be pretty awesome that's That's another thing like like we said we want to impact the community like that has huge huge impact if we're meeting people right we're talking to people and right and then they're having impact on us right yeah so yeah yeah, that's awesome, man. I love I love how this whole thing started in the first place. Just a couple dudes having fun at the waste management. All of a sudden, you know, late night, might have been consuming some adult beverages. Crazy ideas pop into our heads. And all of a sudden, here we are like seven, eight months later. And we're talking about this awesome journey that you guys are going on. That's I'm still just as excited for you guys as the first day that I found out what you guys were doing. And I think I'm probably more excited about it now just because you guys are going in such an awesome direction with it. Yeah. And like, we, we've all been pretty busy with our own schedules lately. And I think we're all pretty happy that we're still sticking to it, even though it's not for another year and a half, it's, you know, we're still really committed and that hasn't changed at all. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty interesting that, you know, you talked about how this came up and how we were all at the waste management and stuff, but you know, we, this just happened to be the group that we had. And now we have the three of us that are all committed to it, all still trying to work hard, make it work within our own schedules. It's been a really fun experience to work with these guys. And uh, obviously I feel very committed, but like the three of us each equally feel very committed. So it's really nice to work with people who are, are just as committed as we are i guess i'm not sure if i worded that well but yeah yeah i think you know what i mean right (laughs) like no one's flaked right everyone bought into this idea on day one and we're just as bought in now as we were before if not more so so yeah gents have you guys uh have you guys given yourselves titles or roles within this you know like organizational flow right (laughs) so you've got like your marketing manager and then you've got your like logistics guy like or is it just kind of depending kind on what day of the week? Who takes kind of like loosely, I, I would say loosely. <laughs> yeah. Like Matt is definitely our logistics guy. Jake has done everything on the social medias, right? And then I'm kind of just like a floater where I'll do whatever the guys say, whatever we need, right? So it's kind of 
Jens does a lot of like outreach and stuff too, right? So so Jake will sort of post on social media. Jens will try and set up meetings with different brands, things like that, and um, and then but at the same time we all we all sort of pick up where we can, right? Um, so I would say we yeah loosely is a good way to describe it. We kind of have our like little individual things that we've just naturally taken on, but we all still try and help out each other's stuff whenever it's needed. Yeah. Are you guys still doing your, uh, <clears throat> are they weekly conference calls or are they daily conference calls? We haven't. Well, yeah, I'd say weekly. We, we've been pretty busy lately with our own, you know, summer's traveling. busy. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, yeah, this past weekend, like I worked the whole time and I'm pretty drained today. So we, we haven't, I think we talked last week, but we haven't had anything set up for this week yet. Nice. Yeah. All right. I'm working two jobs right now. So, oh, are you? Yeah. Just yeah. hustling. Is that is that like a necessity or is that just in, to benefit the trip? Uh, a little bit of both, right? Like, okay. um, basically, I signed a contract, so I didn't want to lose a guaranteed job. Yeah, depending on what happens with the contract, so I'm just hanging on to it for now. So here's the most important question out of all the questions that I'm going to ask this entire night: What does the soups leaderboard look like right now. <laughs> Jens is running yeah. away with it. Jens has a pretty big lead, I think. I don't think Matt. Matt, do you have any yet? I don't think I have any. No, <laughs> no. And <laughs> this is for people listening. It's this is kind of like our currency we've planned for on the bus. So some examples of how it could be used is like, you know, Sunday or Monday morning where we've got a, is our dedicated clean day. So we like try and clean everything out and make sure that the bus is kind of good to go for the week. And Jens just like, doesn't feel like doing it. He can pay Jake and I 50 soups each for us to just do it and him to chill out. Um, so that's, I guess, one of the examples of why, how we would use it. And we've had all sorts of different things that we've been doing to get points, but I haven't gotten any. So uh, we did a couple pools just within our own group like for the masters and stuff, which gents won like all of them, I think. Um, but actually I think I won one of them and I got, I got, I get to choose the first bed. I get my free choice of bed selection when we build the bus. So I didn't get any soups for that one, but I feel like that's a fair trade off though. Yeah, no, I'm pretty happy with that. I'm pretty happy with it for sure. I pick the same guys every week. And then when I don't pick them, they win. <laughs> <laughs> So what is the lead, what's the leaderboard? I pick Sanjay like every right week. Now? You pick Sanjay <laughs> every yeah, week. That's my well, guy. Except for the tour championship, right? <laughs> Actually, I, ha- I had him. I had him. It was a tough box for me because I always take Victor Hovland too, and he was in that box. Stoops, it's Gents 200, me 120, Matt with a donut. Wow, yeah, the goose egg. Tough. Yeah. It's <laughs> tough. It's all right. It's all right. I'll collect some. These guys will pay me to do stuff. So, <laughs> yeah, Matt will be rich soon. Yeah, he'll have, yeah, yeah. Matt's just so used to keeping score in golf, and whoever has the least amount of points is the one that's doing the best. That he's just <laughs> yeah, yeah. he's just taken a real long time to grab onto the fact that like this particular scoring system, he needs to he needs to have more than switch it up. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a marathon, not a sprint. <laughs> I'll get some. That's I'll get some. What have you been up to, Rye? You seem to be uh, busy and doing a lot of stuff. 
give us an update on what's going on with TN High right now. Um, yeah, so man, the podcast has been really, really good so far. I've been able to basically put out a new episode every Wednesday. Um, I've been tracking the download status of it and working to try to get the, the podcast listed on some websites that actually rank it in like, you know, the top 100, top 50, top 200 podcasts. And I had, um, I'm on two different web, two different websites now. So like Feedspot and then Chartable. Um, I had the highest rank that I've had so far is top 48 golf podcasts out of all the ones that exist. There's over 200. Yeah, I saw that one. That was good. Yeah. So I'm just, I'm trying to work towards monetizing it. Um, but the host platform that I use right now, if I want to monetize it on that platform, I need to get to a point where I have a thousand downloads every 30 days or within a 30 day window. And I'm just over 600 in the past 30 days. I've been that way for the last couple of weeks where I've been somewhere between 600 to 630 downloads in, in a 30 day window. So I need to get to a point where I can get a thousand downloads within 30 days. And then that'll get me to where I can monetize that. Um, but I've, I've been fortunate, man. I've been able to talk to some pretty, pretty cool people since we've talked. Um, I think I told you guys, I don't remember if it was right before or right after, but I had um, Tyrell Adams linebacker for the Jaguars was on the show. Um, and I was able to talk to Alan Cheney. He's a professional swing coach for um, football players and celebrities. I was able to talk to, um, James Nicholas, I got him on the show, Corn Ferry Tour player. He's the guy that in May of this year got a last-minute call to go play in a Corn Ferry Tour event and had to book a flight, almost missed his tee time. He had to leave his golf clubs at the airport and haul ass to the golf course and sprint to the first tee just so he could check in before he missed his tee time. He had to use the club pro at the golf course. He had to use that guy's set of clubs to play his first round. Um, so I was fortunate to be able to talk to a Corn Ferry Tour player this year. And other than that, man, my wife and I was grinding, like trying to get our nonprofit set up. So we finally got our nonprofit completely legal, um, legitimized. It's um, federally recognized 501c3 nonprofit charity in in the United States. Um, our whole goal is to try to partner with different organizations in Tennessee to provide food and clothing and shelter for foster children. Um, my wife and I have a... Um, a fundraising event happening October 25th um, at Top Golf in Nashville. All the proceeds from that event are going to go towards setting up a scholarship foundation so that when foster children turn 18 and they age out of the system, we can help them pay college tuition or trade school tuition so that they're not just basically kicked out on their own and trying to figure out what they're going to do. So um, we're pretty awesome. excited. Yeah, we've we've raised That's over awesome. $5,000 on that so far. We're trying to get to 20000 So um We've got one of the Tennessee Titans, Bud Dupree, is, is going to be coming out and supporting us at that event. Um, we're hoping oh, to get. Oh, sick! Yeah, we're hoping to. Bud maybe... Dupree used to play for my Steelers. Yeah, I miss yeah. him. I miss him dearly. Yeah. Um, so we're really excited, man. Like things are going really well as far as that is concerned. Um, obviously, ever since the Southern Invitational, the the Golf Talk Southern Invitational, uh, back in the beginning of August, my TikTok account has just exploded um, yeah it has we always jake always sends your tiktoks to our group chat and we're like yeah. this guy's hilarious on tiktok i appreciate that man thank you i just wish that like i could get more than 900 views on a video right now like every video that i post seems to just not be doing very well i had two videos just go massive 
the week after the the Southern Invitational and it really drove like all of the growth. Like one of the videos that I've one of those videos has had over 200,000 views in the last two days mm-hmm. and it already had like over 2 million and now it's gained like another couple hundred thousand in the last couple of days. It's just it's weird how that happens, you know, like, yeah, yeah some random crazy. videos blow up. Like we did our little five questions Q&As. while you're, yeah, yeah. And one of me just exploded yeah. randomly. It was Made like no sense halfway down the fairway. It just, ex- <sighs> that one's, I um I did have an opportunity to talk to a couple guys, but Quiet Wave Golf, Bailey Stanfield and uh, his buddy Jackson, it's just two guys that run um, a golf TikTok account. They were one of the first people to advertise for bad cards for good golfers. I don't know if you guys have seen that that golfing game where you get a box of playing cards. Each hole, you like each person pulls a card out, and that's got like a different rule on there that you have to follow for that hole. So, like one might be that you have to use your five iron the entire hole. Another one might be if you get your ball into a sand trap at any like into a bunker at any point during the hole, then you automatically get like a hole in one for the hole or something, some nonsense. Um, so like those guys have done really well on social media, and they gave out some really good suggestions and really good tips as far as how to grow your social media platform, no matter what it's on. Um, yeah. And, and I think we've also shifted to where uh, at the beginning of this, we want to do like YouTube videos, which we, we still want to do, but I think we're prioritizing the TikTok social media side of it a yeah. little more, especially now and on our trip. Yeah. Especially right now, TikTok is like the fastest growing search engine on the earth right now. So, I mean, yeah. they're, the watch time on TikTok is longer than YouTube. It's longer than Google. It's longer than anything else out there right now. So, um yeah i I mean definitely take advantage of it it's the best you can but tiktok is a deep and dark hole dude yeah it is (laughs) it is i um no but thanks guys i i've been i've been fortunate i've kind of gone back and forth with how i feel about the growth and like why it grew um i kind of wish i kind of wish it was a different video that had taken off other than the one it did but (laughs) But it is what it is, and it happened. And I mean, I'm not going to complain about it, right? So, yeah. Um, yeah. So now I'm just trying to, just trying to continue to push it out there. I kind of wanted to talk to you guys though um, about now that the PGA Tour season is over for this year. I kind of want to get your guys' insight on what this year has been like. Um, but before we get into that, what do you guys think? Like. How excited are you for this Netflix documentary to come out next year of the whole PGA tour and everything that they followed this whole year? I like, I, I don't think I've been as excited for something to come out on Netflix ever. Yeah. I mean, what a season for them to be filming too, right? Just like all the stuff that's happened over the course of this year. And uh, it's been a clusterfuck for lack of a better term. And yeah. um I'm really excited to see. I'm excited to see what they focus on too. There's still there's still so many storylines, right? So it should be really interesting. Does anyone know when it actually comes out? I think it's like springtime next year. I want to say somewhere between yeah. like March and May is when it's supposed to come out. Um, I think they have a release date set out there, but you know how that stuff goes. Anytime you're filming and editing, like they could say March and it could come out in April. So yeah, yeah, for sure. But yeah, so like, yeah. Talk, talk to me about this year in golf. Like, what did you guys, what have you seen? What have you experienced? Uh, what are your thoughts? 
Yeah, I think I guess I'll start with like I like to one of the things I love in terms of storylines that I try and pay attention to every season is sort of who the up and coming guys are and and who really stands out right away. And uh, I mean, there's a couple names that come to mind, right? When you think about like what Scotty Scheffler's done in the last year, like I remember when he was picked for the Ryder Cup team and being like that is a that is a, a very bold choice yeah. um, from Steve Stricker to pick him. And then obviously he performed really well in the Ryder Cup. And then we all saw what kind of season he had this year. Um, and, but Cam Young as well is another name that comes to mind where it's like this guy was playing in the Corn Ferry Tour finals a year ago and like got his card. And now here he is, right? He had a phenomenal year, had some good finishes. So those are always really fun things. You can see how someone's life can change in the course of one season and play really well when they play really well. Um, so that's something that, that I've really enjoyed watching this season for sure. And, and I'm, ex- I'm hoping guys like that or stories like that get focused on a lot in the, in the Netflix documentary about how it's a grind to get to that spot and how one good season can really change your life. You know, and to piggyback off of that, the one thing that I think is, is sad about the whole live golf situation this year and the PGA tour kind of going back and forth is it really did overshadow those storylines I mean, you got guys like Sahith Tagala. Nobody knew who that guy was until the waste yeah. management this year. And that guy almost won the waste management. You know what I mean? Plays and every week. <clears throat> yeah. He, the he new Sanjay. The, yeah. yeah. He was on the Corn Ferry Tour last year, and now he's just – Yeah. Dude, he made it to the Tour Championship. He was in the top 30 of FedEx Cup points, and this guy is like – it's his rookie year. You know, the storyline with Will Zalatoris. How close did he come to winning a major, and how close did he come to winning a major? And then – you know, he wins a playoff event, right? And then now he misses the last uh, two. I think he missed yeah. the last two. Last two. He, had to, he had to withdraw during the second yeah. playoff the event. Yeah. And then he had to yeah. skip the tour championship because he basically herniated two discs in his back. Uh, but, you know, that dude had a phenomenal year this year. Cam Young, like you mentioned, had an amazing year. Dude, Max Homa. Max Homa's been on the PGA yeah. Tour for years. But this was he like a, a breakout year. year for him this year. Yeah, he had a good year for sure. So for sure, the way I, I saw the year was two like kind of rivalries, and it was like Scheffler versus Cam Smith for the first like half, and then it was Scheffler versus Rory for the rest of the tournaments. Yeah, which actually kind of happens like in it's happened in previous years. Like I think there was like there was in 2015 when Jordan was winning all those tournaments towards the second half of the year, Jason day got really hot. And then Jason day was really hot from like, he won the Canadian open that year. And then he won, I think like seven tournaments and 17 starts. And then DJ got really hot for the second half of the following season. And so you see these things, like it's interesting how these things can repeat themselves. Right. Obviously Scotty was hot all season, but, um, I agree. There was sort of two rivalries happening at the same time, almost overlapping. Yeah, but I think that goes, I think that really touches on the fact that these guys have such a long season. That's the other thing, too. Like, so many people talk shit about the golf and how it's not a sport and it's just a game and blah, blah, blah. Right. Mm-hmm. But, dude, these guys are playing when they were doing the wraparound schedule. Some of these guys were playing from September to August. You know what I'm talking about? They're 11 months, dude. Like, week in and week out. Some of them are playing 30, 40 weeks a year. They're going five, six tournaments a week in a row. Um, and I think, I think that's why you see guys like Jordan 
have such a phenomenal season for the first half of the year, and then he kind of fades off in the second half. And then you have guys like DJ who typically have a lighter schedule at the beginning of the year, and then they have a heavier schedule at the end of the year. And so you see a guy like DJ not necessarily like grab the highlight, the headlines for the beginning of the season, but then the second half of the season where he's really dialed in and he's been playing consistent and he's really like focused on the end of the year. He comes out and just like kicks everybody's ass. Right. Mm -hmm. I think the one thing that the PGA tour is absolutely missing and it has been missing it ever since tiger surpassed his prime. There is nobody on the tour that creates that storyline of they are the guy to beat that week. Right now, over the last few years in the PGA Tour, what you're seeing is every single week that there is an event, it doesn't matter where they're playing and it doesn't matter who's in the field. It's like every single person has the same opportunity to win that week. But you go back to like Tiger's era, you go further back to Jack and Arnie's era, right? And it's it's like there's one or two dudes that are going to win that week. And, it, yeah, and no, the, the, nobody's dominating the sport anymore. Yeah. No, no. Like, I yeah, miss- but I think it'll be it will, it'll be hard to see that ever happen again, right? Like there's such there's so much talent now, and and obviously t- a guy like Tiger's like a like he's like one of the most one of the most successful athletes on the planet. So I think it would be hard to top that. But ha- do you feel like there's been weeks, maybe not necessarily this season, but if we just talk about the last few years, where like there was a point where John Rahm seemingly was like getting amazing odds in the sports books. Right, like we might not be seeing one person per se doing it, but do you feel like every week there's at least one or two guys that are so hot where you like you feel like one of those two guys will win or something? I kind of feel like that. Obviously, not to the degree where like he like Tiger was winning like fifty percent of his events or whatever. But yeah, um, um, yeah. So I, I I definitely agree with what you're saying when it comes to the sports betting aspect of it. Like I definitely agree that there are weeks where certain guys are hot and they're going to get better odds to win. Um, But I definitely don't, I don't, I have not felt that there was a clear winner going into that week up until Mm -hmm. ever since, you know what I mean? There might've been like. Yeah. A few guys, right. It's just tough though. Cause like, you, you know, you look at like, I think maybe the last time that I felt that way, that, hey, this dude is going to win this tournament this week was in 2015 when Jordan Spieth went on his run. When Spieth won yeah. five tournaments that year and he pulled two majors out of this hat, you know what I'm saying? Like that was the last year that I legitimately thought to myself, oh, <laughs> Spieth's going to win this one. And then he would go and win that week. And it was, you know what I mean? Like, but that, yeah. it hasn't happened. But since. do you think, I guess if you're playing devil's advocate, like I don't agree with this, but I feel like some people would say, Oh, like it's boring to watch. Like why, what's the point of watching if the same guy wins every week? I don't feel that way at all. But I, but when we talk about how people shit on golf all the time, especially watching golf, I feel like that in some ways for the, for the, the not so committed viewer, that might not be as good of a thing to see the same person winning all the time. I see where you're saying, I see what you're saying with that. Um, and I'm going to give a quick answer and then I want to hear from Jake and Jensen to answer that also. My thought on that though, is that everybody that is not a Tom Brady fan when Tom Brady played for the Patriots, absolutely fucking hated Tom Brady, mm-hmm. but I guarantee you they all fucking watched that week and they were all watching that week because they wanted to watch Tom Brady lose that week. 
And so in golf, when Tiger was just fucking kicking everybody's ass, I guarantee you that there were probably more people watching Tiger to see if he would lose that week than there were people wanting him to win that week. But I don't know, like, gents, Jake, you tell me, what do you guys think? Yeah, <clears throat> well, it's kind of like, you know how in tennis, it's been like the big three for the past, like, 15 years, and now they're kind of aging out. Yep. Uh, and people are like, it's one of the three is going to win every tournament, which it, it was pretty much like that for 15 years. But people were still watching, and, and, like, and then you look at basketball, too, there's LeBron James, like, he was dominant, like, the Lakers are pretty shit now, but, like, he, they went to the finals the same, there's the same two teams for three, four years in a row. And people were just watching for LeBron to lose again to Golden State, right? So it's like, I would agree with Matt as well. Like, I'm not that way. And um, to see dominating people in a sport is, it's fortunate to watch, I think. I think it's the opposite. Also, like, golf doesn't really have the rivalries anymore, right? Like, it was Tiger versus Phil every week. And they didn't like each other for the longest time, right? Yeah. And now it's just like everybody's buddies and there's no like actual rivalry. Yeah. The closest that they came was DeChambeau and Kepka. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that was, that was honestly pretty, pretty fucking weak in my opinion. I mean, but it was like the most crazy rivalry that the PJ tour had seen in a while. So yeah. Yeah. I, I think like Jake, you said it's like, we should be fortunate to watch people dominate. I agree with that statement because the way that I look at it is I've played golf since I was a kid. I'm never going to be good. Well, I'm not going to say never, right? Like maybe I could do something with it if I, if I push myself, right. But let's just assume I'm never playing on the PJ tour. I know that I'm not that good at golf and I love watching these guys play golf because I love watching how good somebody could be at something and comparing it to myself. But here's the thing though, man, like, when every single one of those guys that's on TV that week is significantly better than me, watching gents win one week and Jake win the next week and Matt win the week after that, that's boring to me because they're all great, right? But like, who's the one guy that is the greatest and the one that like kicks their ass all the time and makes who's the guy that's going to make the professionals? look like amateurs you know what it's kind of it's kind of similar to the argument where it's like you watch the us open they win they win the tournament it's like two over and people love that but then they go to Kapalua or something they shoot like 25 under on yeah. the weekend and it's like do you like them seeing them execute the shots and shooting a million under or do you like seeing them struggle right it's kind of like the same argument almost where there's two sides to the coin like who's the best golfer in the world right now? Like I wouldn't say it's unanimous, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. In terms of like, who's the hottest player right now? Hottest or, or best. Yeah. It's, it's not unanimous really. Yeah. I think like, like going off of different guys winning every week, you know what I try and focus on uh, being somebody who watches every week is like, I try and figure out, you know, what's, what's, what am I getting? what's the positive that I'm going to get out of this week? So in some ways it's watching a guy who's never won before, before win. Um, and then in other, in other weeks, maybe you have a really tight battle at the end and, and you have a playoff or something. Like, do you remember last year in the BMW it was Cantlay and DeChambeau went like eight playoff holes or yeah. in the travelers last year it was like Kramer Hickok and Harris English went like eight or nine playoff holes. So like maybe you get some good entertainment from that. But I think what I've, 
because of what you're saying, I've sort of tried to figure out other ways that I can feel, I guess, gratification out of watching the tournament, even though they are, there are different results every week and there are tournaments that don't have as strong of fields and things like that. Yeah. Well, I, you know, segueing off of that, one of the things that I've appreciated about following your journey, like all of your guys' journey this last six months is you guys have such a, a huge appreciation for women's golf. And I think that's so incredibly rare right now with where we're at in golf that men in particular are that big of a fan of women's golf. And maybe there are more men out there that appreciate it than we know because they just don't want to talk about it or they're afraid to like voice it. But I've appreciated that with you guys. And I know that you guys were absolutely hyped up for Brooke Henderson this year. Um, yeah. Tell me a little bit about that. Like, what is it about watching the ladies play that is so fascinating for you guys? Well, well I think thing... like the... Oh, sorry, yeah, go, go ahead, ahead Jones. Oh, oh, sorry. Like, was... Sorry, and real quick, before you guys answer that, other than the fact that Brooke Henderson is the only Canadian golfer that can <laughs> win a tournament, <laughs> now you can answer. Um, it's like, when you look at, like, when like people compare men's versus women's sports all the time. When you look at hockey, there's no contact in women's sports, right? There's they wear cages. It's like a lot more about moving the puck, right? Instead of just the physical game. In golf, it's literally the same sport. Maybe it's a little bit shorter, but they still have to do the hit the same shots, right? Yeah. So it's 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 almost like watching the PGA, but it's you know different. You get just as much the the like watching people that are really good and so much better than any of us will be is very gratifying. And you still get that from watching women's golf, I would say. Yeah. Um, and, and I think we support it a lot cause it's just like another thing that we want to do. Right. We want to try and show people how, how much fun this sport can be, but also we want to try and increase diversity and representation in the sport. And that's another one of sort of our missions throughout this trip. And we believe that these these women should be recognized for how good of golf they play, and um, you know they're they're just as good as the men, in my opinion. Um, and so it, it's been fun to watch for sure. And Brooke getting her second major this year was pretty awesome as well. Yeah, and I think like I we we talked about this before, like those couple months we have in between when this next season ends and then when we go, uh, there's like the the uh, the LPGA already does that calendar season. So they'll be having events during those couple months that the PGA would be off or whatever they plan on doing. So, uh, you know, I was talking to Matt too, and and we were thinking like there's a tournament in Oregon in September. And Oregon is a state where the PGA doesn't go. And it's one of those states where like we want to see in that um, it's really not in our route to go see. So um, that's one of the ones that we have on our as a target to maybe attend. So uh, there's that. And then, like another thing too is like, for Canadians, like whenever a woman gets really good at their sport, like the whole country really gets behind them. I I think like yeah. when Bianca when Bianca Andreescu won the U.S. Open a few years ago, like everyone watched her win that. Uh, the Canadian women's hockey team, uh, we beat USA like a few days ago to win women's gold, so that was pretty sick. Um, <laughs> and then our, our soccer our soccer team too, man, in the Olympics this year won gold. So like and Pen Penny Alexiak, yeah, Penny the Alexiak, yeah, the swimmer. Like when when they go off, like the whole country really gets behind them, and I think that's really special and like a, a something that other countries maybe don't have as much as Canadians do. And I think um, it's really cool to see when that stuff happens. Yeah, and I think that's 
That's a really good point because I'm curious. I think in the United States, I don't think there is as good of a job of telling the story through the media of explaining who these athletes are and giving them an actual platform for people sitting at home on their couch to know who they are. Is it different in Canada? Like throughout the year, do you guys know who these people are? Like, do they get a lot of media attention or, or is it drastically different between like the coverage that you see on men versus women in sports? It definitely helps. Yeah, for sure. Like when you watch Canadian sports center, they'll like, if Brooks like dominate in a tournament, that's like the first thing they'll show. They won't show baseball or whatever. Like they'll, they'll hop right into it. So they definitely like it, get the coverage that I don't think they get down here at all. And it, it def- they definitely try and show people that like some of the things that we just mentioned were all people who have like been successful, right? They've won a major, they've won a gold medal or something like that, but they do a pretty good job of trying to show stories and try and update people on like other tennis players, right? Like Lila Fernandez is another Canadian tennis player who I see on sports center all the time. Um, so I think like what the media does really well, and I don't know what they do in the States cause I've never lived there, uh, is they, they, they start to tell the stories and update people on these women, like in advance of them experiencing success. So it's not like they're just hopping it, hopping on the success bandwagon. And now they're showing it because these people have done something significant. Yeah. They, I think they do actually make a conscious effort to try and try and educate people on what's going on and, and, let people know about how these women are doing in their respective sports. Yeah, that's awesome. And, and honestly, like here's my controversial take of the podcast. So everybody that's listening, trigger warning. I honestly think that not just in golf, I I think it's the most apparent in track and field in America. Um, I think golf is one of the ones that's pretty apparent too, but I think one of the biggest issues that we have with covering women's sports in the United States is that everything has to be sexualized in order for them to cover it. You know, you look at like women's track and field and I mean, I gotta be honest with you, man, like some of these ladies that are running on a track, they're basically just running in a bikini. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's, it's like, like why? Volleyball, yeah. yeah. Like, why are we, why are we so focused on, creating this sexualization of women in sports instead of just focusing on them being in sports. Like you don't see that shit with men's sports in the United States. And I don't know if the coverage is different in Canada than it is here, but like you look at golf and you the direct comparison on the PGA tour, you're not allowed to wear shorts when you play in tournament rounds. Like you got to wear slacks the entire time you're playing a tournament round, you have to wear slacks. But then you watch the LPGA tour. They can wear shorts. They can wear skirts. They can wear dresses. They can wear pants. They can wear capris. They can do all these different things, right? Guys have to wear a polo shirt, polo shirt with sleeves. It's it's mandatory. It's got to stay tucked. It's got to be tucked in the whole time. Like you don't have an option, but the women can wear, you know, polo shirts, but they can have cut off sleeves. You know what I'm saying? So, and it's always this, it's always this like sexualization of the women and you don't have this focus on their actual talent. And I see that as like the absolute biggest issue. Yeah, that's definitely a thing. And I actually wrote a paper on that in college about how, because um, I'm a big tennis guy too, and how that happens in tennis especially a lot too, even though like like this is in the, the news lately, like Serena Williams is arguably the greatest tennis player of all time. Like she was dominant for, for a while, and that's definitely something that people tried to do with, with her and with with 
the Olympics and like any big sporting event, it's like, that's, it has to be that way. And like in Canada though, like obviously hockey is our big thing and you can't really see their faces when they play. So it's a little different when it comes to that. But uh, it's definitely like, I completely agree with you. It's the biggest problem with uh, getting their, getting more attention to the women's sports in that matter. Yeah. And it's a shame too, because these, the, the, Man, I, I've told so many people, if you want to get better at playing golf and you're just getting into golf, you need to watch the LPGA and not the PGA because the the technique, the balance, the the thought process that goes in to the women playing golf is just so much more precise. It's so much more dialed in, in my opinion, than it is watching the guys on tour. You know, you got... I think people that watch the two, the PGA tour, they're like, Oh, <laughs> Bryson just hit a 400 yard drive. That's badass." But what they don't realize is that when Lexi Thompson gets up on the tee and hits a ball 295, and she's out driving the field by 25 yards on every single shot, how that would be the same comparison as like mm-hmm. DeShambo mm-hmm. getting up there and out driving all the other guys by 25 or 30 yards. Like there's no difference. Yeah. I think that, like it's just we have an opportunity to try and make make a small difference in how that's perceived, right? And so that's as I as I said before, we're trying to get some more representation in the sport, and and I guess it's a bit ironic because we are planning to follow the men's tour, but um, we we definitely want to do our part in in supporting those that tour as well because we obviously see the value and and recognize the talent that they have. Yeah, yeah, and I mean. I, like I said earlier, I appreciate the fact that that's a that is a, a focus for you guys. I appreciate the fact that you guys have um, that passion for for bringing more attention and, and growing the game of women's golf because I think I think it's moving in the right direction, but I think it's just super slow. I mean, we saw some, we saw the LPGA this year made some massive prize cha- prize purse changes. You know, they doubled the prize purse on a couple of the tournaments, and so you know we're seeing some of those changes take place. But I think, I think if we can get more guys like the three of you, how you're talking about it more, how I'm trying to talk about it more. I think the more men we get involved talking about it, I think the bigger of an impact we can make in a shorter period of time. Yeah. And we've been doing these pools the last few weeks with, with our followers and stuff. And be cool if we can do that for the, some bigger LPJ events and get more people on board with that. I think that'd be a good idea too. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Why don't we commit to doing super fan sprint 2.0? LPGA Tour 2025. Yeah. That'd be pretty that, sweet. That'd be sick. Yeah, that'd be tight. That'd be it awesome. Might be depending on how successful the first one goes. It might not even be an issue for you guys. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. they might just invite you over. Yeah, we'll get a bigger yeah. bus. Or get a bigger bus. We'll have we'll have our own rooms on the bus or something. <laughs> <laughs> they play in some pretty cool places too. Like they're a pretty international tour, right? Like. Yeah. Obviously, they've got the one event in Canada, like the men's tour does, but uh, they play in Thailand. They have like a whole Asia swing. So oh, yeah. It can be pretty fun to. They, they play in the Caribbean. To get out there. And, they play yeah, in Hawaii. Yeah, they play all over the place. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I'm down. Let's do it. Yeah. Um, what do you guys think about Live Golf? Yeah, I think it's a. Uh, it's interesting. Like I, I'd be interested to know how people's opinions have changed about it over time. Um, you know, I think we were kind of first introduced to it at the Genesis, which was like the week after we decided that we were going to do this trip. 
like when we talked about the waste, when we were at the waste management, we, I don't even think we were like talking about it really. Um, I think like what we've, what we've sort of come to decide is that, you know, all these players who are going over there and playing on that tour have the right to make that decision for themselves. And they can make that decision based on whatever motivations they have to go over there. And so we don't have a problem with that. I think why we've decided to stick with the PGA tour, why we're so invested in the PGA tour. One of the biggest reasons is because there's a huge philanthropic side of the PGA tour, which really aligns with our mission statement and with our core values. The PGA tour does a lot of really great stuff for the local communities that they play in for, for hospitals, uh, children's hospitals, like, like this, the, the Memphis St. Jude children's hospital. Yeah. Um, things like that. And so, you know, by us attending those events, we obviously we have our own plans and how we want to ha- try and help improve people's lives. But we think that we're also going to be supporting the PG tour and their philanthropic efforts, which is something that we don't see on the live tour. And so that's something that we want to support. Um, but overall, I would say, you know, those, my personal opinion is like those players can make whatever decision they want. I I'm pretty supportive of them not being able to play in the PGA tour events because they made that decision and that's totally fine that they did. Um, but I guess we'll see how, how the situation evolves over the next, like what's going to happen next season. What's going to happen the year that we're there. Right. Yeah. Um, I guess we'll see. I think too, it's like, I forget what golfer said this, but like winning a live, tournament versus winning like a pga tournament like there's no way it would feel the same like yeah there's no way like it's definitely not as cool it's not as euphoric like the viewership isn't up there it's like it's brand new it's like who gives a shit man like i saw on instagram today like like i don't know if you guys saw like dj's putt to win the tournament this weekend right it's like the two guys he was play like in the playoff against were like laughing after the win when like when Zil t- when Will Zalatoris missed that putt at the open, he like fell to his knees. It was almost in tears, right? Yeah, at the like US Open. It, yeah, like two complete different things. Yeah. Did you see that Pat Perez stat with the money? Did you guys see that? Yeah, one? He's doubled his money. But he's it's like all from like team events. Like he he yeah. he didn't do shit. It's like yeah. how can you like like I don't know. I just don't find that interesting to me. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know. It's a really tough thing to talk about, right? And and obviously, it's a really interesting time in the world in the world of the sport. And we're, I would say, I'm interested to see what happens over the next month, year, etc., to see how how things shape up. Um, but I haven't I haven't watched it. I'm I'm not really that interested in it personally. But I know people who are, and that's fine as well. If you if, if you want to watch, then feel free. Yeah, I'm um, like Matt. You mentioned earlier the players have the right to choose whichever way they want to go, right? Yeah, I'm I'm perfectly. I'm 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 in the same way, right? Like I don't give a shit. I'm not going to hold anything against those guys for wanting to do that. I don't have anything against Live for wanting to create competition against the PGA Tour, however they want to frame that, right? Um, but I think, I think what I've witnessed since the beginning of this whole conversation earlier this year is it's just another glaring example of how a lot of people in general just really hate change. And I guarantee you that when Jack and Arnold broke off and created the PGA tour in the sixties, there were 
a million people that were saying the same thing as like what some of us are saying right now, where it's like, this is stupid. This is never going to work. You know, this is bad for the game. Like I'm sure they had all kinds of criticism. I'm sure there were a ton of people that were like against it just because it was changed. And I think with live golf, I think the way that it was, I think the way that they approached it, I think the way that the PGA tour approached it, I think those two actions have created a lot of animosity with this whole situation. I think it could have been gone after us a different way and it wouldn't have been as, as hostile, I guess is a good way to use a good word to use. But I think if it survives five years from now, I think there's going to be quite a few people that have, that are going to be changing their mind. Like what you said, Matt, you're interested in kind of hearing how people have thought about it and progressed and how they think about it. Now, I think everybody's going to have a different opinion next year. And I think the year after that, people are going to have a different opinion. And so it'll just be interesting to see how, how it all progresses. And um, I think the one thing that stands out for me is it could have been an opportunity for the PGA tour and live golf to work side by side to create a better, platform for professional golf but instead they decided to like fight against each other and now you see the pga tour creating events that are basically identical to what live golf is doing in order to try to like stop losing guys from leaving the pga tour and it's like okay but if was there a potential for you guys to have just figured this shit out before the season started and created these events and not lost any of these fucking players in the first place like Mm -hmm. That's the thing that's like kind of sad for me. I guess my rebuttal to that though is like I don't think Greg Norman has ever been interested in that. Like he's pretty he, he's and he has been. I mean, I wasn't really following golf when he was a player, but it seems like he's always had this like vendetta towards the tour. And so I'm not sure if that was ever really an option. Maybe it was. I don't know. Yeah, and that's but, the thing, right? Like none of us are ever going to know that because none of us are none of us are ever going to be in those rooms listening to those conversations. We're not on those phone calls. We don't get those emails. You know what I'm saying? So I think that's a good point. Mm-hmm. I think Greg Norman's biggest issue with the PGA Tour is with the, the previous commissioner before Jay Monahan took over. I can never remember his name. I should know it by now. Tim Fincham. Tim Fincham, yeah. I know Greg Norman's biggest issue is with Tim Fincham, hands down, for sure. Um, but, you know, it is what it is, right? Like, we just kind of have to deal with it as fans. And um, I think the one thing that I wish that I would see less of is fans trying to fight with each other and be like, oh, well, you support those live guys, so I don't want to talk to you anymore. It's PGA Tour or bust or, like, vice versa, right? Like, I think that's yeah, the thing that's been, been silly. In a lot of ways, it's been very divisive for our sport, unfortunately. Yeah. But – I guess we'll see what happens. And, you know, when we thought of this idea for super fit sprint, we were going to, we were committed to doing it with the PGA tour. And that was before live was really relevant. And um, I think we're still, we're just as committed, if not more so to, to following the PGA tour for, for the 2024 season. But still our goal is still the tour that we watch and support. So. Yeah. And I, I love that, man. Like, I think there's, nothing better than like sticking to your guys's plan, right? Like your agenda, your plan, your gut. Um, I think too many people nowadays are so quick to just like change their mind and like follow a different tribe just to be in a different tribe. And I appreciate the fact that you guys 
had a goal in mind and you're still fighting for that goal. And I think there's nothing wrong with that at all. And I think it's one of the things that people are going to fall in love with you guys about. And I think that's one of the reasons you're going to have so many people follow your journey and want to try to help you with your journey going forward. Yeah, that's what we'd hope for sure. Yeah. That's the goal anyway. Yeah. Uh, what are you guys going to do with the football season starting up now? Uh, I've got a couple get... fantasy teams. Yeah, Jens is a Jags fan. So. <laughs> Watch my team get pumped every week. <laughs> hey, my, my wife is a massive Jaguars fan, so she would absolutely be high-fiving you right now if you were in the same room. <laughs> my team's going to win this year. So, You a Rams fan now that you live in L.A.? Buffalo. Buffalo? Always Buffalo. Always. Okay. Mafia. Thursday night. Uh, it's, I call it a transition year for my Steelers, but uh, – <laughs> I had a down year fantasy-wise last year, so I've got a couple of leagues that I'm in, so I'm looking forward to hopefully having a bounce-back season. And who's, uh, who's the quarterback of the Steelers now? Is it still Mason Rudolph? No, it's uh, the starting guy for this weekend is Mitch Trubisky, oh. MVP Mitch. <laughs> but they, uh, they did draft a quarterback in the first round of this past draft, Kenny Pickett. So yeah. I would say he's the sort of future of the franchise. Um, but to be honest, I mean, it's preseason, but I thought Mitch actually looked all right in the preseason games. Kenny also looks really good. So I think if Mitch does stumble, then I'm actually pretty confident in them putting a rookie out there. And I think the Steelers have a pretty good setup, good program, good people working for them. Coach Tomlin's a beast. So, Well, Trubisky's... Uh, Trubisky's not that bad either. And quite honestly, in my opinion, um, I absolutely hate the Steelers. I despise them. Still have never recovered from the 2008 Super Bowl when they beat my Arizona Cardinals on that yeah. bullshit call that was never a fucking touchdown because my man Santonio, Santonio Holmes. Holmes never got yeah. a second foot down and I will <laughs> die on that sword. Um, but I think the biggest issue that the Steelers had the last couple years was they got away from the way that the Steelers have always played football. The Steelers have always been running team, yeah. A running team on offense and a stout defense, right? Like you're not going to score yeah. points against us and we're literally just going to bludgeon you with running backs and fullbacks. And over the last couple of years, which in my opinion was like the dumbest fucking thing ever, as Ben Roethlisberger is becoming less and less reliable as a quarterback, you start giving him the opportunity to throw the football more and more throughout the games like what is going on? <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It's been the O line's been going through some transition too, and I don't know. We'll see what happens. I trust the process. They haven't had a losing season since Coach Tomlin's been coaching there, so um, we'll see. Uh, I'm just Jake, excited for football to start, man. Yeah, Jake, are, nice you, are you doing fantasy football? Yeah, I had a draft today. Went did okay, you, I guess. But did you get Josh Allen? Nope. Ah. <laughs> nope, not this year. What about you, Jens? Are you doing fantasy football? Not a big fantasy guy, to okay. be honest. Like, I like doing the the pools with the guys at the golf, but that's like a one weekend thing, right? It's like I don't have the patience to watch an entire season. And yeah, like if you really put a lot of effort into fantasy football, it's actually like pretty time consuming, right? Like, like I've got my guys on Twitter that are like my go-to fantasy analysts. And it's like, these guys full-time jobs are just to like write articles and like help you with your fantasy team. It's actually pretty crazy when you think about it. Well, when you look at football, it's like, this is who I want to play this weekend. But when you look at like a sport, like baseball, they play 160 games. It's like, yeah. 
that's you're doing that every day. Every day. Yeah. That's, for... that's, that's yeah, too much. Yeah. Yeah, that's why football is the best for fantasy. It's like three days a week or whatever. Yeah. Kind of like once a week, you're like really making your decisions about who you want to put on your roster for the weekend, right? And then you set your lineup and you just hope it works. So hope, it's actually hope, like yeah. hope no one gets it can kind of be as time con- yeah it can be as time consuming as you want it to be. Yeah, or if you get honestly, if you get your your lineup set up the way that you like it, you don't even have to touch it until you get a bye week. Yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah, you just let it ride. I had yeah. that a couple of years ago. Just couldn't lose, man. It was so much fun to watch. What do you guys think about this? So, obviously, growing up in Canada, it's going to be a little bit different for you guys. But I am curious, how much do you guys pay attention to college football in the United States? Zero for me. Zero for me. It's never like, watched a game. It's like impossible to watch <laughs> on TV for us, right? It's like. I would imagine because you guys probably don't get any of that down there or up there. Yeah. Like there's like a couple channels that sometimes show it, but it's all right. It's, it's hard. It's hard to follow a team. I'm a Michigan fan and like you'll get maybe one, you'll get Michigan, Ohio State or Michigan against Michigan State on the TV up here. And so to see them play a random team or if you're trying to watch them week to week, it's difficult yeah. to do. Um, but I follow it a little bit, certainly not to the extent of, of golf or football or hockey. Um, so, oh, sorry, NFL or hockey. In in for me living in the South, being in Tennessee, there's like a major controversy between like whether college football is the best or NFL is the best. And I tell this story to some people, but the actual first fight argument that my wife and I got into was when we were dating, and I told her that I liked the NFL better than college football, and we almost broke up. Wow! Wow! Because she loves college football so much more than she loves the NFL. Um, and and I just thought about this like yesterday because I put a post on my TikTok talking about how like, oh, the real football season starts this Thursday because the NFL season's starting, even though college fake football started on Saturday last week, right? <clears throat> but we're talking about fantasy football. Nobody uses college for fantasy. There's no college fantasy football. Mm-hmm. If you're playing fantasy football, you're using the NFL. So, again, I argue, if college football is so great, <laughs> why is everybody playing fantasy football with the NFL players? The argument against that is, like, there's, like, a set of five teams that just dominates college football, and then if you don't get players from those teams, you're kind of SOL. The other thing, too, is that, like, there's the te- the rosters are always changing, right? Like, yeah. if, you think about, if you think about fantasy football right now, in your first round over the last few years, you've always seen Christian McCaffrey, you've always seen Dalvin Cook, Derrick Henry, Alvin Kamara. Like, these guys are going in the first round every year consistently, right? And so, like, how do you do that in college football? When you have guys moving around, you've got – now that guys can go into the transfer portal, they're moving schools, and so it's just like a wild card on whether they're going to – fit yeah. into the new school or not Plus so you it, have it would like, be more difficult to do it with college football yeah and there's hundreds of teams versus 32 yeah yeah but i think you're kind of right gents right like if you're not getting if you're not getting players off of like georgia bama you know yeah. the, i guess you can you can debate the other teams that you would want to get players from right kind of depends on the year clemson lsu but um it would be a lot more difficult. Like, what happens if you have a guy from, like, Appalachian State on your team? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or, like, Michigan State. Or or how do you do it in, like, the weaker divisions, I guess, right? Like, if you have a guy who plays for, like, some of these, some of these divisions are so weak, right, that these teams are going out and just 
pummeling other teams every week, even yeah. though they're like, think about uh, a bunch of years ago, central Florida went undefeated and they didn't make the playoffs. And they yeah. like did a, they did a parade because they decided that they were the national champions. Right. Yeah. Like, but they just play like shit teams every week. And so like, wouldn't it be annoying if you're playing against some guy whose team is full of UCF players and they're just killing, you know, these t- Florida Gulf coast every week. Or, or you have players that are on a bunch of colleges like Appalachia state or UCF. Right. And they're playing in games where the final score is 56 to 49. But I've got exactly. guys, but I have guys on my team that are playing on like Alabama and Georgia, and the final score of that game is like 16 to 7. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because now, like, Jen's quarterback from Appalachian State just threw for 450 yards because he was playing a high school varsity team that week. Yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly. So he just put a shit ton yeah. of points on me. <laughs> I guess it'd be fun to do, though, because you would have to try and devise a strategy, right? Yeah, like you let you let your friends pick all the Clemson players, and you just go in. Or and it's you like take the other way. From, the yeah. other way, it's like my quarterback threw like six interceptions this week, and I finished with minus ten points. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or you get a guy off of like Georgia Southern that runs the ball for like three hundred and fifty yards as your running back, and you're like, yes. <laughs> Guarantee people do fantasy though for it. They just don't. Oh, it's yeah. just not like a. Yeah. Like you don't go on ESPN and do it. You just do it with your pals or whatever. Yeah, and I'm sure they probably break it up between the the the, the different maybe within like, one division or division something. Or yeah, yeah. SEC like you only do it for football, SEC. Yeah, ACC yeah. or you know Pac-12. Like that would make it a little bit easier. But then you could do like, um, you know, you get SEC. Whoever wins the SEC bracket can go up against whoever wins the Pac-12 bracket, and whoever wins the yeah. ACC bracket. You know what I mean? So like, you could you could do it, but it would definitely be a lot more difficult, especially because everybody knows those college guys are just waiting for their chance to get in the NFL. So once that happens, you know, it's not like they're playing yeah, golf. They're not playing college football because they love football. They're just all trying to get to the NFL. So you couldn't you couldn't do a keeper league or anything either. So yeah. There's other challenges, but did, did we just debunk your whole uh, one of your arguments about why <laughs> the NFL is better than college football? No, I think I think we I think we were. Did we support that statement through all this talk about how college football fantasy would be difficult? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're supporting I my argument su- that the NFL yeah, is better yeah. for sure. Hey, if you need a coach to sleep on, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, dude! So or, every time, or a bus, yeah, yeah. Every time I make a TikTok, I always show my wife. I'm like, "Look at this new video that I posted." And so last night, I pulled her off to the side, and I was like, "Babe, look at this one." And she's watching it. She's watching it. She's watching it. It gets to the point where I'm talking shit about college football, and she looks at me with this fucking look, like she's gonna smack me. She's <laughs> like, "You need to walk away from me right now." <laughs> well, we've got the CFL in Canada, right? That's a yeah. that's another uh, joke. That's the true football yeah. league. No. Yeah. I went I went to a tie cat like Hamilton this half an hour. Those are fun though. Those we are went fun. to a tie cats game preseason. This guy's painted head to toe in yellow and black paint preseason. I'm like, this is nuts. And I was like, some guys just love the CFL. Yeah, they do. Especially in Hamilton, man, because they oh, just hate. Because yeah. like all the sports kind of funnel through Toronto. A lot of Hamiltonians hate Toronto. So they just, you know, like they, they choose their, their Tiger Cats to, to, it's really all they have. Like 
yeah. it was just the Labor Day classic where it's Toronto Hamilton and my mom and my stepdad were there and they said it was an absolute gong show. But uh, I mean, you have to imagine that's got to be similar to like the Tour de France, right? So like how many of those people that live in those tiny little villages in these mountain towns along the Tour de France route, that's the biggest thing that happens in their community every yeah. single year. So yeah. that's why like when you're watching it on TV and you just see thousands of people lining the streets of these little towns and villages in the middle of the Alps, like it makes sense. Like that is literally the biggest thing that happens yeah. in, in their area all year round. And I imagine yeah. it's got to be such a like such an adrenaline rush, right? Because some of these towns, these guys ride their bike through there once and that's it. Like they're, they're doing yeah. this whole month long bike ride. But if we live in tiny little town in the middle of nowhere, France, we get to see these dudes roll through for like 30 minutes. And then that's it. Like that's our adrenaline rush for the entire year. I remember a few years ago, uh, my parents are from England originally and uh, they act, they started the tour de France in the, in the town. My dad grew up in, in England. Right. Um, and he went back. He's like, I'm, I'm going back. I want to see the start. And so, cause they do actually kind of somewhat change the route every year. So yeah. not only, not only are you getting only in like 30 minutes of, of action, you might only get 30 minutes of action every like couple of years. If they, if they choose to have a route that goes through where you are. That's a really good point. I totally forgot about that. Yeah. It's not the exact same route every single year, minus a couple of cities, but but how crazy is that event, right? Like the people are, there's no, it's too long for them to set up like barricades. So people are like pushing bikers off or cyclists off their bikes. And like, oh, it's just a complete, <laughs> like, like there's no sport. I feel like where you, you are that close to the athletes where you, and you can like genuinely impact the outcome, right? Like if you have a team you're supporting, there's nothing stopping you in some of these small towns from going up and just like pushing somebody off their bike. Yeah. Well, and then pretty wild. And then even the like pace cars and the pit crew cars and then like the yeah. police escort motorcycles, even they get too close to the rider sometimes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's a logistical nightmare to watch. <laughs> so if there was if there was one sporting event across all the sports across the entire globe that you guys would really want to go to, what would it be? I'd say the Super Bowl, man. Definitely, but like, like a, outside a of golf, like the Masters has got to be up there. Right? Yeah, I was just gonna say the Masters, but, but like a, a random one I've really wanted to go to is like the Kentucky. Is that I don't know if it's a sport or whatever. I want to go to the Kentucky Derby pretty bad. I, I think that'd be pretty fun. For Kentucky sure, Derby sport, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I've heard. I've heard there's three things in life you got to do, and one of them is the Kentucky Derby, and the other is the Indy 500. Yeah, the third is. I was to, gonna say to live in a van for a year. And tell, <laughs> yeah. Monaco Monaco Grand Prix would be pretty sick to go to as well. Yeah, that Monaco, would. Yeah. There's some good motor races. Indy yeah. 500 would be sick. Yeah. So my wife and I um, were talking about maybe going to the Kentucky Derby next year because we're not too far from there. And then one every year we alternate who gets to pick, but we go on vacation around the world every year. Um, and one of the vacations that we've consistently been talking about is making a, a two week vacation out of starting at the Monaco Grand Prix and then working our way through France. Oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah. yeah. But that for me, sick. for me, I think outside of golf, going to a world cup would be yeah, absolutely cup, yeah. ballistic, dude. Yeah. Insane. Soccer is just like on another level in terms of fandom and stuff, right? Like, World yeah, Cup there's no denying Toronto. it's 
Yeah, it's yeah, coming there's to no denying it's the most famous sport in the world, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, there's. I can't even imagine what's going to be like here in Toronto when that thousands happens. on thousands of dollars to go. Like, oh my god, so, so expensive ca- to go. So many people. Shitty so, um, Canadian dollars is that what like thirty seven U S dollars? For what? <laughs> For thousands? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it's not that weak, buddy. It's, not <laughs> it's still it's weak, but it's not that weak. Look, the U.S. dollar's taking a fucking dive too, so it's not like it's any better. The one thing yeah. with like racing, though, like the Indy Five Hundred, obviously, is a little different because the track's a bit smaller. But like, if you go to an F One, it's like the cars just zip by, and it's like, no, nah, I have to wait till they come back around, right? Yeah. And it's like instant; they're gone. So it's all in some ways it's kind of similar to golf in that like the yeah. best, some of the best like viewing you can do is just watching it at home on TV. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I remember um when I was younger the the 20 2014 I think is when the World Cup went to Rio de Janeiro and I was like, bro, I remember like some of my buddies and I we were in Arizona and we were just planning for it or maybe it was 2004. I don't know. It was, I think it was 2014, but I remember it was like, we knew it was going to be the next world cup location. And we had four years to plan for it and save up for it. And we were all hyped on like saving as much money as we could 2000, whatever the year that was, let's go to the world cup in Rio. Cause we just figured it would be the most insane world cup to go to. And then we ended up not going. Well, it's coming to, it'll be in LA too. I don't know how close it's going to be for you, but with that whole United, uh, what is it, 2028? 26, Is it that? It's 22 this year. Yeah, I'm so thinking four of the, years from now. the Olympics are coming to LA in 28. So 26 is, uh, like, I don't know what if, if they said all the U.S. host cities yet, but. Yeah, they, yeah, have, but, they have. Yeah, you'll have your pick and choose for the U.S. Yeah, but if I'm going to go to a World Cup event, I definitely would want to go true. outside the United States because they're just, it's just not yeah. the same. I don't care. Yeah. What anybody in the United States wants to say, watching a World Cup event in the U.S. is not even going to be anywhere close to watching it somewhere else. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, like imagine going to an like an England versus Italy at like Anfield in England. Yeah, or like Man U versus Liverpool, but watching it in like Seattle. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, it's not the same. That's true. I agree. Who who wants to go to that? Yeah, anywhere. That's actually gotta go. That's actually a great comparison. (laughs) <laughs> about how like underwhelming that would be to watch yeah i mean i guess it'd be still good but like yeah, la's not, not a great real. sports city either i know matt agrees like it'd be kind of weird if i hope the final's not here they, they got to put it somewhere like i don't even know man like where would where would it be in the u.s like if they're gonna new pick york final? city maybe probably yeah which is like they I put don't know, it in new jersey I, I might be wrong but i think it's in atlanta at the mercedes-benz uh, what stadium the world cup finals yeah. world cup finals you know because because it's, it's new and it can hold a lot of people honestly man i think the best place to put it would be miami Cow- i could say going to dallas too where the cowboys play i think miami would be the best because yeah. it's there's such a there's such a huge population of cubans in miami that i think you're going to get a more realistic feel for what it would be like if you were watching a world cup event outside the us Mm-hmm. Although Toronto's pretty, uh, I think that'd be pretty good too. Honestly, like we're pretty biased, but it's a good melting pot. We just don't like our stadium's like really bad though. Yeah. I think it's a nice stadium. It's just not big enough. 
It's not yeah, big enough. Yeah. It's not big yeah. enough. Yeah. Yeah. Do you guys like, know? You're talking like, for a World Cup final. Like you need like eighty thousand people. Yeah. M- more if you can, right? They're they're uh, extending BMO, but it, like I don't know what. Yeah, it's I think only like. up to like fifty thousand or something. Though. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But dude, if you could get like a, a stadium, you know, like the Cowboy Stadium, for instance, can hold over a hundred thousand people. Yeah. I and mean, that would be. But again, like, come on, let's be real, dude. Like, how many people in Texas care about soccer? Yeah. Yeah, we just offended like, a bunch of Texans. <laughs> you could think about it like you could think about like Florida, like Florida Gators, their stadium. It's like what is yeah. that, like one hundred twenty thousand yeah. people, one hundred forty thousand people. Yeah. It's like, is it? But would it ever sell out? Yeah, I know. Isn't the owner of the Jaguars? Doesn't he own uh, a football club in Europe? Not sure. I think that I think he does because I think that's one of the biggest reasons why Jacksonville always plays an NFL game in London mm. because the owner of the Jags is like trying to bring yeah. US football over to Europe more but I also I think he owns a a football club out there also. Mm. Interesting. Interesting. The team I support in England has like a pretty significant investment from the 49ers. They're like almost a half stake like the the san francisco 49ers football team has almost like a half stake in the in the team didn't ryan reynolds just buy a football club out there too yeah wrexham it's they're in wales yeah but they're like not a non-league team they're in like the fifth division right right but there's like a docuseries about them right now on tv yeah isn't there yeah, it's like Wrexham Ryan or something like that. I don't know, or they some some play on his name, but it's like a real life Ted Lasso. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that's good though. Like, I'm I'm sure like these these lower league teams don't make as much money, so having somebody who has access to a lot of money yeah. it can be helpful, right? Yeah, for sure. Uh, moves the needle a bit more than buying these big football clubs that already make a ton of money. Before I forget, I'll, I need you guys to tell everybody where they can find your information online, where they can follow you, how they can help donate or support to you guys. Um, let's get that information put out here real quick. Otherwise, I might forget about it. Yeah, Instagram, TikTok, we're all it's super fan sprint for everything. And we actually, I was back in Toronto uh, about a month ago now, and we filmed our Kickstarter video which uh, we're still tweaking a little bit and it's almost ready. It's pretty much done. And we're going to have our Kickstarter set up um, ASAP at this point. Um, we're just looking to tweak a few things. Like like Matt said earlier, we want to get a 3D kind of layout of what we think the bus will look like and get our, our uh, Kickstarter as thorough as possible before sending it out. And I got yeah, a preview so we'll of that video. It's pretty, yeah, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, so I'm excited I, to see what the whole thing's going to look like. Yeah. Yeah, and we have a we have a like a, a link to our Venmo just on our website to superfansprint.wixsite.com. Um, so you can find us there, and then there's a bunch of other information on the website about some of our our core values and our goals throughout the trip. Um, but any social media we're on we're on Instagram, we're on Facebook, Twitter, all that TikTok, all that stuff. You guys have um, a different Twitter handle though, right? It's not Superfan Sprint. It's um... It's something a little bit different than Superfan Sprint, yeah. right? And then what's your web? Yeah, what, what's your actual website? 
It's Sprint it's, Superfan on Twitter. Yeah. Okay. Uh, www.superfansprint.wixsite.com is okay. our website. And then we're also looking at, um, so yeah, we'll get our Kickstarter going. So we'll put a link to that, like obviously on our social media and on our website. Um, and then we're also looking at trying to run some, this is like a bit of a pipeline thing that we have going on is trying to run some events, maybe throughout the States in the new year, whether they're like scramble golf tournaments or, uh, events at top golf, similar to what you're doing with your foundation. Um, just kind of like fundraising events, but also trying to get some smaller golf brands out there so that people can learn about other brands, um, and things like that and trying to trying to connect with some people in various communities so we're looking at at that as well for potential ways to raise some money and meet some people and get some ideas and get our name out there that's awesome and you guys um you guys do a blog on your website too don't you yeah we have been not not really lately it's not really one of our priorities just because we we think there's other ways to spend our time on this but we do have blogs on it and they're all on our website and then you guys are going to start up a YouTube channel when you actually go out on the road, right? You're going to put videos consistently out there to basically document like your whole journey. Yeah, we'll probably do more like raw footage on the YouTube and then like TikTok, Instagram, that stuff will be like more edited and like highlights, right? We're also thinking too of hiring if, if it's possible to get like some sort of intern to help us with YouTube videos just because yeah. like um, we're going to be pretty busy on the road and we don't know like how to make these videos as cool as possible so and we'd like to give creative control to them too and we're also like pretty soon we're going to be doing our own podcast and and getting that started before we go and just documenting our the background and the journey as early as we can just to just to you know get more relevant and all that yeah if you can get somebody to help you with the video stuff it's going to free you guys up so much more to be able to just be like genuinely yourself and Mm -hmm. and capture you know, random conversations that you guys are going to have in this element because it's difficult to try to like run a camera and then also get, you know, real candid conversations and like real candid reactions to things when you're the one that's trying to document it versus letting somebody else deal with that. And you guys can just have your banter throughout the day. Definitely. Yeah. we, We definitely want to try and find like a college student or something or someone who's trying to build their portfolio up or looking to get involved in, in sort of managing content. Uh, that's sort of one of the ideas that we have right now of someone, if someone's listening and they want to help us out with this, obviously we would look at making it a paid position if we can financially make that work. Uh, but if not, we think it's a good opportunity for somebody who's trying to build a portfolio for themselves or they can go into a job interview and say, I helped document, I did all the editing for these people. We, You get your own creative control. So that's something that we're we're looking into for sure. And that would just make it a lot less stressful for us when we're on the road trying to keep up with all the content that we'll be collecting. So, I mean, honestly, dude, like if I was, if I was younger and I wanted to get into video editing or social media management, and I had the opportunity to go hang out with a couple of dudes for an entire year, build your brand, document your journey, use that as my portfolio, like. I would be happy if you guys just took care of feeding me every day. Like if I didn't have to worry about food, what else is there to worry about? Like you're living with you guys in a bus for an entire year. You know well, what I mean? Our, our plan is to have this person remote so they won't be with us. Oh, okay. We basically like film everything and then like find somewhere to upload it. And then they'll, we'll just throw everything to them. Honestly, like creative control you. and everything. 
So it'd be yeah. like, it's just hard to, I mean, they can definitely, definitely want to have them out on like a few weeks or whatever, but just because the bus is so small, it's hard to have to add people into it, but yeah. we haven't really thought about it too much. Like I would yeah, say we'd be open yeah. to that depending on what the situation would be. Right. So yeah, this yeah. is way down the line. This is yeah. just something we've been talking about. Like um, <laughs> if we could, this would be ideal. Right, perfect world. You'd have like an entire film crew following you around. They'd have their own van. <laughs> yeah, we'd have a sick van too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, private jet. Yeah, and make it a lot easier to get from California to Florida. Yeah, <laughs> that would be like, some of the most fun. I think those long haul trips. I, I think so too. Yeah, like I'm actually really looking forward to to those trips where it's like we had three days to get across the country. Like think about how much fun that will be to follow. Right. There, there's actually a few of those we're going to be doing too. Like actually, like I was going over the schedule and like going from California to Florida, we probably have to do that two or three times just with like, sometimes we'll have, cause like, you know, when they go to Hawaii, we're going to want to leave the bus in LA. Like we're going to have to go Florida to LA for that too. We just won't have to, mm-hmm. won't be like three days we have, we can take our time for that one. So those will be fun. Yeah. Yeah, and then there's that trip to Punta Cana, you know. Yeah, that yep. yeah, you and Jens are going on that Matt and I will just fuck off for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but yeah. that's gonna be dude, that's gonna be I think you guys are gonna have some really tough decisions, right? Because I gotta imagine there's gonna be some weeks where all three of you guys are like, no, man, like I wanna go to that event, but depending yeah. on how you split it up, like you may not be able to. Maybe that's you know, maybe that's one of those moments where Jens pulls out his massive wad of soups and uses it that's against. That's exactly Matt. what I was just. I'm about fucking to say. going. That's yeah, where, yeah. That's where the soups come out. There right? you go. <laughs> I'm fucking there's a, going. There's a few too that are pretty cool. Like I, I'm pretty stoked that BMW's going to Colorado too. Like that's oh. like somewhere where we weren't sure if we'd go to that state. So that's pretty cool. And we're also hoping to like with the schedule, like this year and last year. Like usually the calendar year starts in Hawaii. And we'd prefer that not to be the case just because like our first time on the road, we're going to be flying somewhere. It's kind of like, it's not really what we plan on having. Anticlimactic. Yeah. yeah. It's like, so we'll see how that plays out. Yeah. Well, I'm excited for you guys, man. I don't know if you guys have any other questions for me, but I'm, uh, I'm happy to wrap it up if you want to. Okay. Yeah, man, thanks for having us back. Like, we uh, obviously you've been one of our biggest supporters since the beginning, and we really appreciate we really appreciate all the support that you've given us, and we love coming on the podcast. It's just a solid opportunity for us to shoot the shit, chat sports, and um, get our get a little bit more exposure for our brand. So, thanks a lot for having us again. Yeah, Yeah. man. Yeah. I'm just a small fish in a big pond, but I definitely have had a pleasure meeting you guys and talking to you guys and following you guys. So I'm still looking forward to the day where the four of us can get together and go get around the golf in somewhere. Um, Anytime, anytime that you guys come to Tennessee, I mean, you can stay at my house. You can crash here. I got plenty of space. Um, I'll help you out as well. I wish I could help you guys more than, than, you know, just giving you a platform to talk, but um, who knows what the next couple of years will bring. Maybe. I'll win the lottery and I'll just like fund your entire thing. Who knows? Jeez. Yeah. yeah the super fin nice. sprint presented by T and high. Yeah. <laughs> Tell the missus go Jags. I will. Yeah, for sure. I'll definitely <laughs> know. She's, uh, she's so funny, man. She loves them so much, but she hates them so much. You know what I mean? It's just one of those relationships. Typical. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, thank you guys so much. Um, 
I mean, I've met so many people. There's guys in, there's guys that live in Colorado that I can't speak for them, right? But I'm just thinking like maybe I'm inviting you to stay in my house if you're in Tennessee. There's plenty of guys that I've met now that live in Colorado that are part of this golf talk community that maybe those guys let you stay there for a couple nights at their house and it saves you the hassle of like having a place to stay or whatever. Or they just take you out to an event or something like that, right? So um, there's a guy in Canada that's on TikTok, Zoolanderov. I don't know if you've seen him or not, but that dude gave two tickets to the President's Cup as a prize at this first event that we had in Tennessee. And that guy, he's, he's yeah. a Canadian. He plays golf yeah. in Canada. I'll I'll send you, I'll tag you on like one of his videos. I mean, you guys can reach out to that dude. Maybe he can help you out somehow. But I just know that there's a lot of people in this golf talk community. There's another group of people. I don't know if you've seen the golfing outlaws. There's 126 guys and girls that are part of this golf community where it's just this competitive, like one whole challenge where you go live on TikTok and you film yourself playing a whole go- like a 400 yard par four. And it's like me versus gents, whoever wins wins. And it's like you two versus each other, whoever wins wins. But I mean, there's just a ton of people that you guys can reach out to in that, that golf community on TikTok that um, I think might benefit you guys a ton or who knows. Yeah. Anything to network would really help just cause like winter's coming in Canada and like, I, like I'm pretty fortunate to live down here, so it's it's not for me. But like it's hard for us to really network in Canada with golf, and like yeah. and like we've talked to a lot of brands too that like it's really hard to get product to Canada. So it's like that's a whole other challenge that we've had to do is just being, you know, just getting more coverage in Canada. So if we yeah. can make it work, we'll definitely definitely go. Cool. Yeah, just keep us in the loop on these events, and we'll we'll try and get at least one of us down there if we can, and. I wouldn't be opposed to going to Orlando in November. Sounds a lot warmer yeah. than it would be here. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's right on the water. You know, it sounds real miserable. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, thank you guys so much, man. Matt, gents, Jake, I always appreciate it. And uh, you guys are more than welcome to come back anytime that you want. As soon as you guys get your podcast up, let me know. I will absolutely uh, I'll hop on for sure. Hop on your yeah. guys' podcast. It's always yeah. fun to be a guest. So, Sounds good. Thanks, buddy. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks, Ryan. Later, guys. All right. See you, Doug.